Father, thank you so much for this day that we have um, to gather together. Thank you, Father, for the word that you provided. Thank you for the songs that were sung and um, in praise to you and giving thanks to you, Father, whether and um, when everything is going well or from our perspective going bad, you're, you're with us, Father, through, that, uh, through the shadow. Um, your light is with us. Your word is with us, Father, and we thank you and we praise you for it. Um, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is with us always. Thank you that you continue to speak to us during this time of spiritual darkness, Lord. And um, just pray and ask that we, um, our eyes um, would see what your spirit wants to show us and we would hear with our spiritual ears and not just the, um, the audible, uh, the words that, are, um, that we hear, but what your spirit is saying, Father that we would hear it loud and clear, that we would be focused and engaged, and um, that it would drown out everything else that's, that's not of importance, Father. We thank you and rely on your spirit to lead it and guide us into all truth, um, enlighten our eyes, um, give us spiritual wisdom and understanding, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10.1 Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, the same spiritual food that we eat, all ate the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. We had begun last time with understanding our need for endurance so that we might receive the promises of God. We studied how patient endurance is a result of the testing of our faith. Faith being believing what God has said and organizing our lives surrounding the truth concerning the promised inheritance reserved for us in the heavens. Apart from testing, however, patient endurance cannot be produced because it is trials and testings that provide us the opportunity to choose to be obedient to what God has said. And if patient endurance is not produced, our faith will not have been proven genuine and brought to its goal. We will not re realize the salvation of our souls and all that accompanies becoming a co-heir with Christ. We learned about the bread from heaven that was provided for the first generation of Israel to come out of Egypt following their deliverance and the Red Sea crossing. This bread was not just given, was not given just for their physical well-being, but to sustain them spiritually on their journey, for they now had spiritual life, and that life needed to to be nourished daily to bring them to the land that God had promised them. Apart from the provision of the bread from heaven, this would not be possible. We also saw that the bread that was provided was for the purpose of testing the children of Israel and giving them an opportunity to prove whether they would walk in obedience to God's law or not. This testing was not an end in itself, but a means to one. If the right choices were made, it would prove their worthiness to rule in the land of their inheritance at the head of the nations. 
If the wrong choices were made, they would be disinherited from that land. And although they had made a verbal confession to do all that God had commanded them, their attitude towards the bread and equally towards God himself had shown otherwise. And it should be no surprise to us that we can see this exact same situation in foundation for all of scripture has its roots in Genesis where the word of God, the wisdom brought forth from above, is given to test one worthiness, one's worthiness to rule. Genesis 1.26 Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The purpose for the creation of the man and the woman had been made known not once but twice. Let them have dominion. The second time it was accompanied by blessing from God. And as with the children of Israel, this privilege to rule over all the earth was conditional upon obeying the commandment of God. So if we go back to the type that we went over last week, um, the children of Israel had been, had, uh, they had, Moses had made known to them uh, multiple times the purpose for their deliverance from Egypt. And then we say, see the same thing here with the man and the woman. The purpose for the creation had been made known. Genesis 2.15 Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So there again we see a provision and then a command. Obedience to what God had said would result in life, fulfilling the purpose for their creation and ruling in the stead of Satan and his fallen angels. Disobedience would result in death, allowing the God of this age to continue his role, separating mankind from his purpose until a future day. There could only be one of two outcomes in response to what God had said, and we all know the decision they made and where we find ourselves today because of it. With the children of Israel, we saw the verbal confession to do all that God had said. Uh, we don't see that with Adam and the woman, but with Adam and the woman, we have the foundational picture of testing to prove one's worthiness to rule. In the woman's action of eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we see an attitude of disobedience towards the word of God, choosing to do what seems right in her own eyes, which results in deception. James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So then even though um, the serpent deceived the woman, if we compare that with James here, we can't blame it on the devil. It's the choice that we make to not be a doer of the word and we deceive ourselves. 
Luke 8:11. Now the parable is this: the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation or testing, fall away. What we've been going over. And we can compare this with last week in Hebrews chapter 10. Um, These are the individuals who drew back. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity or to perfection to the end goal. But the ones that fell on good ground are those who, having heard heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience, patient endurance. They believe to the saving of the soul. The word of God, that which from Genesis to Revelation testifies regarding the king and his coming kingdom, has been given to test us. How many of us had understood that or known that when we first heard the word of the kingdom? And uh, when we opened up that door, when we heard the Lord's voice. And the level to which we esteem the word of God, the word of the kingdom, holding the words of Christ in high regard, or treating it with contempt, as with many in Israel throughout their generations, will result in finding ourselves in one of the four individuals in the parable of the sower. And remember, we go back to the parable has to do with when anyone hears the word of the kingdom. And how often do we hear the word of the kingdom? every Sunday, right? Multiple times throughout the week also, so it's not really applying it to um, other Christians out there who do not hear the word of the kingdom on a continual basis. We must remember that our attitude towards God's word is our attitude towards God himself and the inheritance that he has reserved for us in the heavens. For God is his word and his name will be, is exalted above all things. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And this ties into the scripture that Jake had shared earlier, wait patiently for the Lord. Be still, you know, we're waiting to that com- for that coming day. We're patiently enduring for it, amen. These verses from Psalm 46 are prophetic and speak of that future day when God's name will be hallowed, holy among the nations. Blessed be your name. This is not presently the case because Israel, God's witness to the Gentile nations, is in a disobedient state, they're in the place of death, and has profaned the name of the Lord by going after other gods resulting in those nations doing the same. But again, this will soon change. Ezekiel 39, 7. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nations shall know that I am the Lord. The Gentile nations will know. 
the Holy One in Israel. Surely it is coming, and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is a day of which I have spoken. And as we think about the Lord's holy name, which is the name that is above every name in heaven and in earth? It's Jesus. So I know sometimes even I do that myself too. When I hear God, I think, you know, my mind goes to God the Father, but also think Christ, um, who is God, and who is, you know, my, they will not profane my holy name anymore, or I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel, and who is the Holy One? Um, what's that verse from Psalm that talks about he will not allow his Holy One to see corruption? So this is what we want to see here, Jesus being exalted in the seventh day. And if we think about this for a moment, it might cause us to consider something. God is his word, and all of his word is his spirit, and all of that word testifies of the coming seventh day. Do we agree with that? Amen. That Sabbath day of rest is the day that he has blessed and kept separate from all other days, and is the day in which his name will be hallowed. Can we now begin to understand or grasp the importance of why this is the focus of all of Scripture? Again, God is his word, and all of his word speaks of that coming seventh day, but that does not mean that he is that day. Rather, he places that day equally with who he is, because in that day, his name will be known to all, above all things, all things having to do with rulership, principalities, and powers, and his name shall be called blessed and be glorified. Psalm 72, 16. There will be an abundance of grain in the earth, and that word earth should be understood as um, land, and what land uh, will be fruitful, what people will be fruitful? Israel. And then we see it as we read on on the top of the mountains, and who's gonna be at the head of the Gentile nations? Israel. Its fruit shall wave like Lebanon, and those of the city, the city of Jerusalem, shall flourish like grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall continue as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. <sighs> I brought, you know, just, just, I came prepared. <laughs> uh, it's just, uh, you know, as we read these verses, this is everything that we study, all that we're seeking, and all that we're fighting for, amen? You know, and just to, to imagine this, like, we can't, unless it's by, we see these things by faith, um, the Spirit revealing these deep things to us, and we just don't want to um, see that day, uh, we want to be a part of it, everything that's going on in that day. And, um, you know, hear those words, well done, and not have the Lord uh, be ashamed of us. Um, so that's just what, what comes to mind as we read these scriptures. His name shall continue as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel who only does wondrous things, the God of wonders. And blessed be his glorious name forever, 
and let the whole earth or the land be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. And it is also, no, no, uh, is it, and it is also worth noting what God told Moses before he delivered the children of Israel from the hand of Pharaoh. Exodus 6.2. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. So I just wanted to hopefully drive this point home to us. Because if we can ask the Lord to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation regarding this truth, it will impact our response greatly each time we hear the word of the kingdom. So if we receive that revelation or ask the Lord for it, he'll give it to us and enlightening our eyes. And that's part of seeing more and more the day that is approaching. And it's part of the, uh, like I said, we don't want to just see it. We want to be part of that, everything that's going on during that kingdom age. Because uh, these are part of the great, the exceedingly great and precious promises, not just for us, but how Jake had shared that scripture, um, for Israel also, and what it would mean for them and, and um, them fulfilling their, their purpose for their creation. As the children of Israel had been provided bread to sustain them spiritually on their journey to the land of their inheritance, God our Father has provided his word to sustain us, giving us spiritual strength to complete the, our pilgrim journey to the heavenly land. Without the word, the former capital cannot and capital will not be realized which is why we are to ask in accordance with Matthew 6:11, give us this day our daily bread. Wuss translates this as our bread that for the coming day give us today. So we could understand this as give us this day our daily bread for the day that is approaching. So there's a purpose for us, God, giving us our daily bread or why we're to ask for it. There's, a, there's an end goal in view. It's specifically for the day, for the seventh day. When I first came into an understanding of the word of the kingdom in 2016, the first message I heard from Cornerstone was an old recording from around 2005. My first thought was, these people have been studying the word of the kingdom for this long and the Lord hasn't returned. How in the world did they continue on for so many years? How am I going to make it, Lord? Was it because of their willpower? No. Was it because of their intellect? Were they smarter than everyone else? And not to attack anyone's intelligence? No. So how did you make it for so many years? Matthew 4.4. 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It is the word of God and the word of God alone that continually proceeds from the mouth of God, meaning it is alive with God's spirit. It's a living word, not that he is adding more to what he has already said. It is the word that is able to sustain us for the long haul to complete the journey if, for our part, we receive it continually. And it is the power of the word of God 
and not the words of man which have no power that will keep and protect us so that we may receive the salvation of our souls as we continue to believe it. With the previous in mind, let's remind ourselves of what the children of Israel were commanded to do daily in relation to the bread. Exodus 16:4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. Verse 16, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. And I've put that word command in bold letters um, just to hopefully see that we recognize that it's not a suggestion, it's a command for us. And as we've been going over, what is necessary for, for us to inherit the heavenly land, keeping the commandments of God as it was for Israel. Back to the command. Um, this is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to each one's need, one omer for each person according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Then the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. So when they measured it by omers, he who had gathered much had nothing left over, and he who had gathered little had no lack. Every man gathered according to each one's need. As they were commanded through Moses to gather a certain portion every day according to each one's need so that the Lord would test them, so we have been commanded for the same purpose. We know that these things have been written for our instruction and warning, and because they are the type, Christians who have heard the word of the kingdom, who are making the journey and understand their heavenly calling, are the antitype that follows in exact detail. There is no way of escaping this truth. What God has spoken cannot be changed. The one greater than Moses, the true bread from heaven, is the Lord Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, who has spoken to us by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven in these last days. And it is his voice we are to heed, believe, and receive in order to possess the heavenly land. And if we go back to um, the type that we went over last week, when God sent Moses to speak to the people and told them that God was going to deliver him, it says that they did not heed Moses because of cruel bondage. And what would cause us to not heed the voice of the Lord? Um, it would be to be entangled with the affairs of this life. But let that not be us. Let's heed his voice. John six forty eight, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. He will have life for the age. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. As they were commanded to gather a certain quota daily, so we have been commanded to ask and to seek each one of us individually on a daily basis 
according to our need. Our gathering of the word daily is necessary so that we might have life for the age to come. Choosing not to do so will result in separation from life for the coming age, and we will find ourselves experiencing the second death. Um, those who have gotten to know me since I've moved here, um, they know I'm a bit of a, a foodie. Um, when I first got here, everyone wanted to take me sightseeing or go to the beach, go here, go there, check out this city. Um, just show me where the good food is at. That's all. You know. <laughs> I don't need to go hunting or to the shooting range or anything like that. Just show me where the good food is at. All that to say, as a human body cannot be sustained by eating only once or twice a week, we don't eat only once or twice a week, so the man of the spirit must be fed daily to be strengthened to live according to the spirit. If we do not nourish the man of the spirit, we allow the man of the flesh who grows corrupt to gain the ascendancy, resulting in living after its deceitful lusts and ultimately leading to death. Romans 8:13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, the word is the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Hence the importance of esteeming the word of God in high regard as did Job. Job 23.12 I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. This is why we are to work for it as our Lord commands us to in John 6:27, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but labor for the food which endures to age lasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. If we can think beyond seeking the physical food rather than the spiritual, let us, let us view this in relation to our time. For time spent in one area is time lost in another. Ben had touched on this subject of time in his message on the will of the Lord and how God has given to each of us the same 24 hours in a day. He encouraged us to always be working in the correct field alongside those who are doing the same. The word for gather in Exodus 16 is also defined as glean and will automatically remind us of Ruth 2.8. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not glean or gather in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. As I was writing this, um, you know, the guys here have been really an encouragement to me. Um, you know, they, they all have... Uh, families to take care of, wives, kids, full-time jobs, houses, and yards, you know, you and your Floridians with your yards doing yard work, and um, they still make, they all still make this a, a priority, um, um, you know, here on Wednesdays and, and on Sundays, and uh, just that, you know, they're, they're part of our examples that we're to follow, that this like we went over last week, this race of the faith can be 
um, one and can be done. Um, and just going back to, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. And uh, reminded of the marriage supper when Jesus went to invite those to the supper and one said, you know, I have a wife, I have to do this, I, have, I just bought land, I just bought cattle and I, and I can't come. Um, and what does he say? You're, we're not fit for the, for the kingdom of God. So majority of that is probably because of their helpers, but we'll just puff up the men right now. But, um, but yeah, just, that just came to mind as I was writing that as far as our time. Because when I come home from work and I'm exhausted and, you know, I don't have any, many responsibilities other than trying to figure out what I'm going to order from DoorDash for dinner. But, you know, thinking about the guys here, I mean, they got a lot to do after work also. So, After the children of Israel had gathered according to each one's need, they had also been commanded to take in a portion according to the people within their tent or house. And um, we go to Hebrews, it reminds us that Abraham dwelt in tents with Isaac and Jacob, um, representing or being a picture of wandering and our sojourning. And for ourselves, our laboring in and for the word of God is not just about our own salvation, but for the profit of those in the field with us, those of the household of the faith. Galatians 6.6, 6, let him who has taught the word share or distribute in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will the Spirit reap age-lasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, as we have the time today, if you will hear his voice, let us do good to all, especially to those who are the household of the faith. These verses about sharing and doing good to all, especially to those within the household of the faith, are found in the context of sowing to the flesh or sowing to the spirit. So then, distributing the word to one another is part of our, of our having first made the choice to deprive the man of the flesh of his desires, his will, in order that we may feed our new man with the word of God. This will equip us to sow to the Spirit and minister to others with that same word that we ourselves have received. This is a good work and that one that God has prepared before, for us beforehand and gives answer to the question of our previous series, What Shall I Do? With the end goal in view of reaping age-lasting life together. 1 Timothy 4.16 Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. 1 Thessalonians 2.19 For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For you are our glory and joy. Do we feel that way about one another? 
We want to see each and every one of us standing before the judgment seat of Christ approved. You know, I want to look to my left and look to my right and see all of your faces there. This is the trading in order to produce a profit while the master is away that we see in the Christian section of the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 25, 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them. He worked and he labored and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. Excuse me. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So we can parallel this with what we read in Exodus about some gathering more and some less, each according to their own ability, each according to their own need. Part of, or possibly the majority of, our sowing, happen, sowing happens, happens here amongst ourselves with those who are laboring in the Word of God. And of course, those online also during our Bible study. Seeking his kingdom and his righteousness first. It happens among those of us who have ears to hear and eyes to see, who are open to receiving the word of the kingdom and thereby in a position to produce a profit. Our diligence in studying the word of God and rightly dividing the word of truth should be to hear what the Spirit is saying, resulting in good works so that we may be approved at the judgment seat of Christ and not be ashamed. And what we glean from the scriptures, we give to others within the house who work with that same word to see the truth for themselves resulting in the same, being a doer of the word. And in this, we see the producing after our own kind, being fruitful and multiplying, making an increase of the master's goods, his word, that he has committed to our trust. As we've studied before, this is to be our daily occupation. It is how the body is to function in order to grow together, just as was with the church at the beginning of the dispensation, Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were all like-minded and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. And there you have their denying themselves, depriving the man of the flesh. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And aren't we being saved? Laboring in the word of God to be sure we are rightly dividing it 
for the purpose of being a doer of it and then distributing it to the brethren must never become an afterthought or last on our to-do list. If it does, we bury what the master has entrusted us with and are assembling together here as no more than religious performance, having become the experience of many throughout Christendom today. In that situation, any works performed would be done apart from faith to the saving of the soul, apart from rightly dividing the word of God, and apart from the love of his appearing. So our gathering here is for a purpose. It's to stir one another up with the word as we've been discussing. Revelation 2.4 Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Exodus 16.4 Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day, that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day that they shall prepare, that word prepare means to be firmly established, what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. On the sixth day, God provided twice as much bread for the children of Israel so that they would be established. For on the seventh day, the Sabbath day of rest, no work was to be done, and anyone attempting to gather bread would find none. And has not God provided twice as much for us as we near the end of this present dispensation? It is overwhelming all that the Lord has made available to us so that we may be strengthened and firmly established in order to be found worthy to stand before him, holy and blameless at the judgment seat. And I always, I mean, it's been my experience too, and I've heard that for others. They would, you know, they go over the study and they're just like, there's just so much in this study every single week. And then each time you go over it, there's like something new. And that's what we see here, God providing twice as much. Um, yes, we have other books and other resources and other past studies we can go to, but if we would just stay in um, what we hear on Sundays and now allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, there's so much that can be opened up. And that's our experience, too, when um, uh, we gather together during our Bible study. That goes back to the Galatians verse that talks about let him um, share, or sorry, let me read it before I butcher it. Um, let him who was taught the word share, distribute in all good things with him, with him who teaches. So the one who teaches um, and those who are hearing are sharing. It's that constant like feeding, like, like back and forth. And there's so, like I said, there's so many things that people bring out and it's just awesome and overwhelming. And then by the time you know it, it's on to the, to the next lesson and we do the same thing too. Um, but I just, I kind of see that as, you know, God just, he's just move, he's moving quickly because we're getting closer and closer. Praise the Lord. Mankind, um, sorry, um, for in that day, 
no work will be available for us to do. Mankind has been given six days, 6,000 years, and that's it. No more and no less. And once man's day ends and the Lord's day begins, there will be no more time left for us to gather and to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And again, if we can grasp and realize that, um, I know because sometimes it's the same thing day in, day out. Wake up, go to work, clean the house, do whatever it is we have to do. But once the kingdom begins, it's not gonna, we're not gonna have uh, our agenda or our plans. Um, when the kingdom begins, it's, it's kingdom time. There will, there will either be, there will either be joy inexpressible and full of glory in that day or an experience of fear and condemnation for failure to redeem the time and make a profit on what he has provided us. First Peter 4.1 Therefore, since Christ suffered in, for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. They will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. And if we can go back to the, uh, we have spent of our, enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. Now let's think beyond being dead, when we were dead in trespasses and sins, when we were part of that creation. Because even when we, we became uh, a new creation, we were still wrapped up in doing the will of the Gentiles, being caught up with the cares of this world and uh, lewdness and lust and, and drunkenness. So we spent enough of our past lifetime doing that. Now that we, heard, we have heard the word of the kingdom, uh, we understand the purpose for our deliverance and salvation. We know um, where we're going and what we need to be doing now. And as it was in the type, so it will be in the antitype. Exodus 16.35 And the children of Israel ate manna 40 years, a complete period of time until they came to the inhabited land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Then Joshua 5.12, Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. And this was brought up during our Bible study on Wednesday, that there will be the hidden manna, um, in the millennial kingdom, but it will be given to the one who overcomes, the one who keeps the commandments of God and gathers bread now. More next time, if the Lord is willing, and we have prayed and asked for our daily bread. If we can all please stand for prayer. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for this word that we've heard this morning. Thank you for 
um, what your Holy Spirit has spoken to us, Father. Um, we receive it with meekness and with thanksgiving. And we pray, Father, that um, we would put into practice throughout the rest of our week, that we would meditate on it and be a doer of it, Father. Uh, we thank you for John and Ann, that they have uh, arrived back safely. We pray that they would have a good time of uh, rest and recovery and deep sleep, Father, and um, strengthen to be, uh, to be able to come back and join us. Uh, we pray for the Bible studies in this coming week, and uh, we're just looking forward and excited to everything that everyone will have to share. And um, it's your word, Father, that, uh, that, uh, that you provide, and, and we thank you, Father, that you provide twice as much um, in these last days. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness and your goodness toward us, and um, pray, Father, that we would all follow the leading of your spirit throughout this week, um, being fruitful, Father, in those good works that you have prepared for us to walk in beforehand so that we can hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, and be part of that day when your name is hallowed and blessed among the nations, Father. We look for it. Uh, we pray for your people, the nation of Israel. We pray for their repentance and salvation when they will be at the head of the nations. And we, even though we know, Father, um, what's coming next for them, the last, uh, those last seven years of their dispensation, that they will be saved out of it, Lord God. And it will be a glorious day that we all look, look toward, Father. Uh, we love you and we thank you for your goodness and your love toward us. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen. amen.